0: Welcome to the High on Life podcast, where it's all about empowering you with the medicine and the mindset to healthfully lose weight and thrive beyond the scale. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha High. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to share this episode with you. Today's episode is a client spotlight, and this is my interview with Tanya Bender. Tanya is a client of mine from the past year, and she describes her experience with sugar and processed food addiction and how it ruled her life and how she finally, after years of dieting and trying to calorie count, was able to get freedom. She talks about how she has overcome shame how she has been able to learn to love herself and accept herself, be able to look in the mirror and not pick herself apart, but truly appreciate her body and honor herself. It was the most profound interview. I cried through so much of it. And I know you can't see that on the podcast, but if you want to, you can go to our YouTube page, watch the video, you'll see me tearing up, you'll see her tearing up. It was so, so powerful. And it brings me the greatest joy to be able to um, participate in transformations like this and see people's lives absolutely change. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to listen and enjoy, but then I want you to share this episode with your family and friends, because I know for a fact that there are many, many people out there like Tanya who are struggling with compulsive eating behaviors, binge eating, stress eating, uh, food addiction, feeling out of control, and they feel alone. They feel ashamed. They feel like it is their fault. And what they need to hear is that there is hope available. There is help available. So please share this episode. All right, without further hesitation, here you go. I hope you enjoy as much as I did. All right, Tanya, I'm so thankful that you are coming on the podcast today. Welcome. Uh, you have a tremendous story to share about inner healing. So let's just jump right in. Can you start by telling us about you?
1: Well, my obviously, my name is Tanya. Uh, all my life, it's been spelt with an A, so I get uh, Tanya a lot of times. <laughs> um, uh, but my name is Tanya Bender. And um, a little bit about me, I am creative by heart. That is my first passion. Anything to do with um, uh, using my hands, creating things, decorating, that kind of thing. I am a mother. I am um, a friend. I'm a wife. I don't look at my job as what defines who I am. Um, it's the other things in life, my connections with people and creativity that define who I am. But that—that that is something that sort of come over this last year as well I love the beach I love the water I the water is my sanctuary uh, music is a huge part of my life and it's my therapy um, and as I said to you before that I'm that sing to the steering wheel kind of person and get <laughs> I love it. with yes. people <laughs> laughing at me quite often but you know what if I can make them smile it's all good yeah uh, awesome. so yeah it's a little bit about me
0: So, so good. All right. I I love it. I'm totally with you singing to the steering wheel and trying to get my kids into it too. Um, That's amazing. So tell us, tell us about your journey and how you arrived here at this point of wanting to share your story.
1: Well, my journey began with almost a a bit of a rock bottom. I have struggled with my weight all my life really, you know, into early preteens, it's, it's just been creeping and, you know, I've had moments of losing it and putting it back on. Um, but I was at that point where I thought I've tried everything. Nothing is working. I think I'm at that point where I need to have gastric bypass. That's the only thing that's going to help me. Um, and ironically enough, I, my, my family, my mother and my stepfather, they, struggle with weight issues as well something medically happened with my stepfather that brought him to you which then I watched their progress a little bit and then that brought me to you as well to say I was trying to sort of model what they were doing and then I realized my journey is my journey it's very different like even though we're very similar everyone's a little bit different so I thought I this is something I need to do on my own and, and reach out to you as well so that's what started me to come to you. And then you opened up a very different path that what I was, was thinking was going to happen, right? Um, it, it, I quickly learned it wasn't about the food. It wasn't about the food. It was about my thoughts and my feelings. And mm-hmm. how do I use food and why do I use food to help me with my life? Um, and I had known sort of creeping up to that, that I figured I had a sugar addiction. Mm-hmm. And I said that to myself, but I don't know if I fully believed it until after I got in with, with working with you. And that's when it really was becoming very evident that I have an addiction with processed foods and so much so that if it was a drug, I would over, I would have overdosed. I don't know if I would be here. And I remember saying those words directly to you that were very, very hurtful, um, so I had to do the hard work, and the hard work had nothing to do with deprivation of food. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. had to do with, "Wow, I have some things I need to sort through and work through and figure out." And, and that's where this year has been a very transformative year for me. Wow. How did you know
0: about that you had a sugar addiction? How did you identify that? What were the clues?
1: Well, I've always my go-to food. Um, in moments of um, emotion, whether high emotion, good emotion, or bad emotion, was always um, cookies or butter tarts or cupcakes or you name anything in that baked kind of good um, area. And it was never just one or two, it would be five, five cookies, it would be three cupcakes, right? But one of the moments while working with you that really made it evident is I thought, oh, I'm going to buy these special keto. Cupcakes, and I'm going to make those keto cupcakes, and they're going to be good. They had one net gram of carbs in them. Okay, great. So I had one, and as soon as I had one, uh, it was immediate. Like it was just immediate. I needed another one. It wasn't, and yeah. and then it's on my brain. Well, no, I'm not going to have another one. And then it's like, well, it's only one net gram of carb. So it, that banter went back and forth, back and forth, and then uh, so I had a second one because it's only one net gram of carb. So then I had a third one and then I'm like, this is not right. So this is, I'm over. So even if you want to look at that as a healthy alternative, I'm overeating a healthy item mm. or a healthier item. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that in my brain, whether it was healthy or not, but then, you know, it, this gets into some um, like it didn't have real sugar in it, but right. there's, uh, what I've learned from you is some other sugars, also alternative sugars, will still be a trigger, right? Which mm-hmm. I didn't realize. Which I think happened as well. But there is also a texture. There's a texture to the food. There's a feeling that comes with the whole thing. It's 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 a process. And if if you're anything like me and you've struggled like me, you will understand how I how I just said that. It's a pro, everything connects. It's the smell, the touch, the emotion you're in how it goes in your mouth, how it melts, everything. And it was at that moment, I still had three, but I went, yeah, this is a, this is a problem. Mm. And I have, I have an addiction. I have a problem. And as, and I, I relate it to people as I talk to them as really no different than an alcoholic who can't have like, you know, so I can't stop eating. Of course I can't stop eating. An alcoholic can stop drinking. But I can stop eating processed foods. Right. I can stop eating the things that trigger me right. to want to eat more of that. Yeah. Uh, because I can eat a lot of things that are going to keep me alive, right? A Twinkie isn't going to keep me alive. So um, that's. I think that was the major moment at that point that went, we've, we've got to tackle this from a different perspective.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think it's it's so interesting that you notice that even with the non-sugar foods because a lot of people are like, "Oh no, it's you know it's it's diet, it doesn't have sugar in it. and so it doesn't you know it doesn't have that effect. but for many people, it's just the taste of sweet that triggers that part of their brain where they're just like, I just need to have more and um, and you really you had that experience. Okay, so from that point, Sorry. What, what was your next step? Like you realized that you have sugar addiction, processed food addiction. What did you, what did you do after that?
1: Well, I, I just stayed the path. I stayed the course I had to deal. I had, well, two things happened. One, I, we started working with triggers. So I was mm-hmm. able to identify that foods like that are my triggers. So yeah. I have a choice at the beginning, Sasha, I really, I really struggled with I'm being restricted. Yeah. Meaning I step on a scale, I'm down half pound, or I'm I'm even or I'm up half pound. I I sacrificed all week for this. Right. I didn't eat those butter tarts for this. And I remember having those conversations. And and then when you have them out loud, you realize that that's that's not a that's not a healthy way to be thinking. That's not a positive on the right track way. And then I had to, I really you know, a difference between can't and choice. So one of the things I kept saying is I can't ever have those foods ever again. And I remember one of the doctors saying to me, if I talk to myself that way, I can't ever do that ever again. That is going to make me beeline to do it. Right. And I was like, yeah. And I'm very much like that. You tell me I can't do something and I'll show you how I can. And They're like, there's a choice. Are you going to make a choice for you, for you to be well and healthy moving forward? You can take it as a positive. It's a choice. You choose not to do that or you can't. And where will can't get you? Well, for many, many years, over 30, can't hasn't gotten me anywhere. Mm. So I had to sit back and go, okay, these are choices I have to make. And then I was able to really make that connection of, if I have that, it is going to make me spiral. And the next day, I call it like a food hangover. The next day I'm having this awful hangover because it's a withdrawal maybe from the sugar. I'm not sure. It's 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 that neuro. It's the brain just wanting to take me back there. I don't like that feeling. So I started just making those connections. I don't like that feeling. I don't want to get out of control. When I have that, I know I'm going to get out of control. A year ago, Sasha, I didn't know that that would lead me to be coming out of control that way. I really didn't. I didn't realize that was what was my problem. Yeah. And so now I decide not to to have them because I don't want the aftermath of that.
0: Yes. Yes. It's I mean, I think you've, you've framed it so well, that idea of you're, you're making a choice now, as opposed to someone telling you, or even you telling yourself, like, you can't have that because you know, if, if a year ago you'd done some sort of diet program and then been like, you have to give up sugar, everything in you would just rebel against that. Like, don't tell me what to, like, I'm not, how could I possibly live the rest of my life that way? Right. And, and many people have that thought. Um, you know, if you want to lose weight, you need to give up sugar, and that just that no one feels good if they're told that, right? But for you, and you don't even mention that it was it wasn't about the scale. It was you, your place of freedom where you don't okay. have a food hangover and feel like you're totally out of control. Right. Is when you make the choice not to take those sh- those trigger foods because they don't work for you and your brain, right?
1: right? Yep, absolutely. And you know, and it was a process. It doesn't happen overnight. I would say we started in October and I struggled with can't for a good couple, few months, like it Mm -hmm. probably come December. So we're talking three months of where restriction versus restraint. And then anybody who follows you has heard those words. Yeah. Um, uh, that wasn't starting to really to sink in probably until January, right? It was, it was definitely a process. It doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. You can't look at yourself in the mirror and find the things you used to criticize and now find good things to say in a four week period. And, and I'm just being upfront because it, 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 it's a process. It, it yes. doesn't happen. Uh, and I'm still working on it. We're a year in and there's still, there's still lots of road ahead of me. But yeah. it's road that I'm looking forward to.
0: Yes. Yes. It's so good. Okay. I want to talk about the inner healing in a moment, but before we kind of come off the idea of sugar addiction, we had a conversation before we started recording about the idea of moderation and how, you know, there's so many things influencers and and dietitians or nutritionists online who are like you can t- eat everything but in moderation and that that works for some people. So I'm not knocking it as in that does work for some people, but we have to recognize that there are some people's brains where the addictive properties of sugar and processed food are so great and trigger so much of that reward kind of pathway that really it is like an addiction and that was your experience. So tell us about your frustrations of trying the moderation approach.
1: Yes, yeah, so um, and again, I didn't realize this until after the fact. So all everything's hindsight. But I remember all the times where I would get back on track. And I'd get back on track and it would be a good couple of months. You've dropped 25 pounds. You've been eating very healthy. I was very much an all or nothing person. I'm all in or I'm all out. Mm-hmm. And so I would be all in and then a birthday would happen, let's say. And it's like, okay, should I have that cake? Shouldn't I have it? He's like, you know what? But as everybody says out there in this healthy world, if I restrict it, I'm going to binge it. Mm-hmm. If, you know, I have to learn that I can eat these things in moderation. In me, I have to figure that out. I can only have that one piece of cake and I need to be okay with that. But I recently just said this online where I said, have you ever eaten a piece of cake and immediately wanted another piece of cake? And if you have, there's a high chance that you have an addiction issue and you can't do that in moderation. Um, there's many people who can have a piece of cake, be satisfied with that piece of cake. It was very good and move on. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what that feels like Sasha. Right. I don't know if right. I ever will. I don't yep. know what that feels like. Yeah. And but I'm glad I don't know what that feels like because that allows me to make a choice. But it, it, it's a very wearing thing. So for people like me, I have learned that moderation in those types of foods
0: yep.
1: does not work. Yeah, It just doesn't. And that is okay. And yes. that doesn't mean a restriction. That means that I'm making a choice to say no to that because it doesn't do me any good in any way right. in my brain, my body, in any way. And I have to tell myself that quite often there is moments where things will come up. Like we can have that, but then I go, but why, but why, like mm-hmm. why
0: <laughs> I never yeah. asked
1: those questions of myself before. And I think part of the reasons I never asked my, myself those questions is because I didn't really care too much about myself. Wow. Right. Like it, sometimes you think if you think about yourself and you put yourself in front, that that's a selfish thing. And uh, that's, that's a raw, like that's, that is wrong in your thinking. Um, There's a difference of being selfish and a difference of taking care of yourself. And Mm. that's where I've learned. And and it really scratches my back in a wrong way. When I come across these social media things that talk about moderation. And I think that's great to your point. There's many people who, who can manage moderation, but what about the people who can't? Yes. And people who are obese, I think you can, pretty much say they cannot handle moderation if they could they wouldn't be obese there's a difference between i think 20 20 pounds and 100 pounds to lose or 75 pounds to lose and and i could be wrong you you're the medical expert but in my brain i think you know people like me who are who have been obese we have we all have many connections that are very similar and they are mm-hmm. we we overeat and moderation mm-hmm. is a very difficult thing for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of physiology that leads to waking, but there's it's really interesting that you kind of bring that up. There have been studies looking at the brains of people with obesity compared to people who don't. Um, so the controls, and they found that the reward brain in people with obesity lights up more in response to food cues, like pictures of of cake and 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 like processed foods typically will cause a lot of their reward brain to light up. And when we look at, lean controls, they don't, they don't have that. So it's, it is fascinating that there is physiology that drives this, that there's that part of the brain that it's kind of, you know, that drives urges and wanting and craving is much more active in, in people with obesity. So it, and, and it goes back to, it's not because you don't have willpower. It's not because you have a character flaw. It's not because there's something wrong with you. It's that you have physiology that is different, yes. right? Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah and yeah. that was key Sasha that was key to learn that because learning that my phys- physiology is different from someone else t- takes away the blame yes. takes away the shame it takes away that how can i be so successful in different parts of my life and i am not successful here right and that that was just so key it, you know they weren't just words they were they they lay, they were laid upon my heart for so much thinking That is, if I didn't have that information, I wouldn't be where I am today.
0: Mm -hmm. No doubt. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I mean, I think that the freedom that comes with understanding that actually opens you up to be able to find the treatments that you need. Right.
1: Right. Yeah, you have to find those treatments and and find your way around them because they're not going away. They're still they're still there. They may may dullen as each. Each year passes or each month passes, but they're innately when you've had and lived with them for so long, they're not going away anytime soon, yeah. right? Yeah. You have to learn to work with them.
0: Yeah. So on that note, you, you've you worked through a lot of, like we've done a lot of work around recognizing your thinking when, when it's not serving you and learning how to sit with discomfort and sit with your emotions. So you mentioned this briefly earlier, the idea that you, know, you didn't want to look in the mirror and... The shame that you experienced. Can you Mm -hmm. talk about that and how you've, how you've grown in that, how you've overcome that?
1: Um, so for years, I wouldn't look at myself from probably anywhere from this, this part of my body up. I would never look at the bottom part of my body or side profile of my body. Um, and it actually hurts my heart to think of that. That's how I lived. Um, and it was a protection mechanism. It was also an avoidance uh, because then that then I have to really see what's going on here and I have to do something about it, but I don't want to do something about it or I don't know how to do something about it or it's never worked before. So just ignore it. I don't have time right now, or it's just too much in my brain, like all those things. Mm-hmm. Um but I would look and it's like I would look at myself and I, I look disgusting and my stomach sags and I can't see my private parts. I can't see my toes. I, my breasts hang or do whatever they do. My arms are large and hang and I have um, boils. So I've had in different spots, I'll have boils. So in the past, when they go away, they leave like a black mark. So I have these black marks or some acne pock marks. Um, I would look at all of that. That was all like, that would be too much because there was like a hatred there, right? There was it was a hatred. I hate the way I look, and I can't believe that my husband finds me attractive. I, how can he he do that? Or is he lying to me? Like you name it, Sasha, all those things. You just, it's like I I, can't, I say them now, and I it ups, It's a very upsetting to to say. I would mm-hmm. I would never talk to anybody like anybody yeah. else. I would lift everybody up in my life, but I wasn't lifting myself up. Yeah. So one of the things, one of the dietitians that I worked with with you um, told me that I had to start, or one of the things I could start doing was looking in the mirror every day, whether it be naked or not or whichever, but finding something to say positive about yourself. And if you couldn't say anything positive, to say something neutral. So if it was about my arms and how they were sagging, that if I couldn't say something nice, that I would say, everybody has fat on their arms. And just say that over. And I started with that and I'm like, I would say it. And to be honest, be like, I don't believe that. That looks ugly. Like everybody has fat on their arms. That doesn't look good, right? So I would, that's how that started, right? And then I would just say it and say it and say it. And now I just actually said to my my son who made a comment to me the other night about, he had, he said, he called himself a name. And I told him, I said, We need to work on that. I don't like that you were negative towards yourself in that aspect. And he didn't really get it. And I said to him, I thought, I I have to be honest and open with him about things in my life. And so one of the things I said to him is, you see my arm here? And he said, yeah. And I said, I used to hate this arm. He said, you hated your arm? And I said, yeah, I see how that skin, how it sags and it hangs there. And I wave my arm and it flops there. I said, isn't that, that, that. I wasn't very happy with that. It was pretty gross. He goes, mommy, don't say that about yourself. It's not, it's not gross. And I said, you know what, Ben, you're absolutely right. I don't believe that now. Now Um, I look at that and I say, okay, in two more months, how much longer is that going to be? Because I want it to be, because I'm going to be healthier two months from now. And that is going to hang more and that's okay. I love it. That is my, these are my, these are my badges. This is my badge. I am, you know, I'm, I'm going to lose this weight and the skin is going to sag. Whether it was filled with more fat or it sags, either way to someone else is going to look good or look bad. To me, I am perfect the way I am, the way I have been made, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to honor it. And it's not about how I look in a picture or on social media or in a bathing suit or in anything. I am owning every aspect of this and I have never been able to say, I love me. I I look good. I feel good. Um, And I do believe if we went back a year from now at my heaviest, um, in this frame of mind, I could say the same thing. I could Uh, say the same thing. Now I'm not back there. So it's easier said than done, but Mm -hmm. that's the way I feel is Mm -hmm. I am not going to, I think one of the things is if I want to have anything positive in my life, anything that I'm aiming for, if I'm not thinking positively about it, I'm not going to achieve it. Yes. Hence why I wasn't able to get control over my, my weight because I didn't believe it. Yeah, I didn't believe it could be done. I didn't love myself enough for it to be done. I didn't care about myself enough for this to be done, and that is a game changer. Game yeah. changer. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm tearing up. I, I, I think there are so many people listening who would think like I, I hate my body. I don't even know how you can get there. And so I liked how you explained. You know, when we're working on our beliefs, sometimes it's a big jump to go from like negative to positive. Like you wouldn't have believed it to be like, I love everything about my body. Right. Right away. Right. So you went from negative to neutral and just practicing and practicing the neutral thoughts. And now you've gotten to the point where you can look at yourself and love yourself. And that just, that touches my heart so much. And that is like, that is worth so much more than any sort of weight loss or anything on the scale. That is worth so much.
1: Hands problem. down, and and you know one of the things, Sasha, that I I want to say too to whoever is listening is you know I would avoid going to the doctor because I didn't want them to. They knew that the last time I was there, I was supposed to work on my weight. I didn't. Well, now I'm up even more than when I was there last time, and now that's that shame. So I'm avoiding medical things mm-hmm. because of how I look, mm-hmm. and 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 this is no, I'm not. I'm not trying to um, undermine our medical system in any way, but if anything to inspire more medical doctors to understand how to help their obese patient is, uh, I I just want to send, I want to print something out and (laughs) go drop it (laughs) off at every doctor's office. Right. Because um, this restricting calories and working out and all these other things, keto, all these things, If you're not fixing what is in your brain, if you're not identifying potential addiction issues, if you're not identifying the triggers and all that type of stuff, it is going to be that perpetual, you know, hamster wheel that you're just going around and around and around. So that's one of the reasons why I reached out to you just to say, you know, heads up, this is how my year has been. And I want to scream it from the rooftops because I want to help someone else who has been where I've been.
0: Yes. Yeah. We talk so much about how our thoughts produce our results. Our beliefs about ourselves produce the results in our life. And you said it earlier that if you are having all these negative thoughts about yourself, telling you, beating yourself up, hating yourself, that comes out. That comes out in your actions, and then that produces the results that you have. And so the work has to start with loving yourself exactly as you are. Yeah. learning to notice those thoughts that aren't serving you and reframing those thoughts so that you're in a more positive place. And then, and then that has so many benefits beyond the scale, right? It, it, when you can learn to, um, empower yourself, empower your, your thinking, it, it affects every single part of your
1: life. Have you experienced that? Absolutely. It, um, it, it's helped just in ways of educating myself. It's, it's, it's also opened my eyes to you know I have I have gone through the transition in my career over the last number of years let's say three four years and it's had it's giving me the confidence to do what I'm finding my passion to do you know I'm not able to jump in hundred percent on it but I'm reading more i'm I want to more learn more about leadership I want to learn more about um, um what's the word? Um, Not just leadership, but empowerment. I want to be able to, like, I, I really believe that in this journey I've been on, that I have, I have worth in that. And I, my truth can help others. And I'm now exploring how can that be done? How can I have a foot in this to, to help others? I would never have thought of that before. I would, I would just stay doing the same thing that I've always done. Um, still being confident in what I did, but, you know, it's, it's also opened me up to talk to new people, to do new things, to, you know, try new things. It's not just about being, you know, lighter in less weight, but I want to go kayaking. I want to do all these physical things. And that's not necessarily about drop, dropping the weight. It's about being confident in my, myself, mm, oh, but, you know, yeah. I, I actually looked at myself now and I think, if I didn't lose another pound, I'm okay. I am absolutely okay with that. I don't have to be one hundred and sixty pounds. I don't have to be one hundred and ninety pounds at this moment at this time, if the weight keeps coming because of what I'm doing, great. but i feel I feel perfect the way I am. Um, and so I think when you feel that, everything else just feels better. You know you're a better parent, you're a better wife, you're a better friend, you're better to yourself. Everything just is better. Um, So I would just say that, yeah, it just, it's opened up more confidence to explore other options in my life, career-wise, even even, um, um, hobby-wise that I would never have done before. I just would have stayed sitting on my chair, watching Netflix, eating a butter tart, and going through life with blinders on. Now that's not the case. I have to find, I have to find my peace in other things other than food. I have to find my bliss in other things other than food and binge watching uh, Netflix. And that's that's pretty cool.
0: That is amazing. Yes, that is amazing. Look at how much life has opened up for you, and uh-huh. how much more joy is available to you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's amazing, Tanya. So uh, as we wrap up, any kind of last minute things that you would want to share just to leave our listeners with hope?
1: Um, Shame is a powerful, powerful thing. I didn't realize how powerful it was until it was staring me straight in the face. Um, It was like a a therapy moment with you, Sasha. I'll get teary eyed here. Um, Yeah, me too. (laughs) uh, It's evil. Shame is evil. And I carried a lot, a lot, a lot of shame. Shame because I just couldn't do it. And I tried and I couldn't. And I tried and I couldn't. And I tried and I couldn't. And to be living with that weight not on my shoulders anymore, no amount of money could pay for how that feels like, you know, if somebody said to me, I'll give you $2 million today to put that shame back on your shoulders. Absolutely not. Um, and addiction is a real thing. And if you can, if you can, um, determine if that is something that, that you're struggling with when that, you know, that food is an addiction, then get the help. There is help and you can get it and you can, you can work with it and you can get through it. And you can have success that will last forever, not just six months, but for your entire life. It is a real thing. Um, You've said it, um, Sasha, where obesity is a medical condition. I am not lazy. I am not worthless. I am not without willpower. I wasn't when I was 317 pounds, and I'm not now but now I have the tools that I need to cope with that and to be better for it. So, um, you can do it. You just, you need to ask for help and you know what? I'm not very good necessarily as asking for help, but I'm getting better at it.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. I think we both need Kleenex. Thank you for (laughs) your courage (laughs) in sharing. I am, my heart just leaps with joy for, the freedom that you found and the compassion and love that you found for yourself, because you're so worthy of it. And, um, I look forward to seeing what, what comes of this next, you know, phase of your life with Tanya showing up with the courage and the compassion (laughs) and just the fullness of joy that you have now. So, um, it's amazing. Thank you for sharing.
1: Thank you. And thank they, you know, huge heartfelt. Thank you to you. This wouldn't have been started without you. And I am so grateful for you and um, you are doing a very, very good thing. And it is definitely your gift.
0: Thank you, Tanya. Thanks for saying that. I trust that you are just as inspired as I was by this episode and by all that Tanya shared. I want to let you know that if you are struggling with stress or emotional eating, compulsive eating behaviors, binge eating, um, feeling out of control, all of that, and you need help and you've done the dieting thing and that hasn't worked because it never does, and you want real help and real solutions, then you need to reach out to us www.highmetabolicclinic.com. You can also find the information on my personal website, sashahighmd.com. It would be my greatest honor to help you. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed listening to the High on Life podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review it on Apple Podcasts.